Ladies and gentlemen, it's finally here. The 2022 World Cup is just days away for us, and the excitement is slowly building. But you sure about it? I think we may have to redo this intro because that sounded almost too excitable. <laughs> well, read the room for God's sake. I mean, football every day of the week for the next month or so. I'm happy, regardless of what is happening elsewhere with people do i think it's a stupid idea yes we've been held in guitar and the fact it's the middle of the season double yes but am i still going to be watching football every day for the next month yes yeah it's it's that isn't it <laughs> we could we could complain however we want but am i going to watch morocco versus Croatia? you're damn right i am <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So in this podcast, myself and Brad, we're going to be looking at our favourites of the tournament, dark horses, shocks and everything else. And then we'll be giving our predictions for this World Cup. Right, let's crack in. Wow. Who do you... We say the predictions. Mm. Air quotes that one, but we'll explain later. Yes. So who have you got amongst the favourites then? For this tournament, well, see, in my mind, realistically, there are only three nations okay. in class as potential winners. Potentially a fourth, but that team has oh. got to be completely on it. But we'll get to them. We'll start with the overall runs, and that is Brazil, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, such a deep squad uh, that they've selected and. They're just such a good team. And for me, I feel like they ha- it's kind of, they have to have a good tournament. Yeah, no, I could get your opinion about that. Like they, the squad's just covered pretty yeah. much all over. Like not like the past where you say there's probably a weakness area. You'd look at that defensive-wise and say, yeah, you're not as good as perhaps other teams, which... You know, you look at them now, you still think you probably have got a defensive issue when you're still putting the likes of Danny Alves and Marcelo in your squad. Mm. I mean, Danny Alves, what, 38 now? 39? If he plays, he's the oldest Brazilian ever. ever to play at a World Cup. Yeah. So there is that sort of issue, but at the same time, I feel like they've got enough in terms of their attack to that the defence won't really be an issue because say they may concede one or two goals that's if they get past Alisson or Edison whoever goes in goal yeah <laughs> you look that. at you look at the forward line Richarlison Gabi Jesus Neymar Rafinha Vinicius Anthony Rodrigo Gabriel Martinelli like that's an insane forward line yeah and it's an insane forward line that can just easily chop and change when mm. they want to suit their needs, pretty much. Yeah. Except for Neymar, he's in, like, guaranteed, otherwise you're going to have a problem. Well, yeah, that is obviously the one uh, thing, but the rest of that forward line is interchangeable, uh, obviously, barring injuries and all that. But for me, I do think Brazil have the potential to go quite far. I'm, I don't know whether I'd say all the way uh, this year, but I think they've got definitely potential to maybe get semis yeah i think that's the minute i think i'd say that's the minimum 
everyone yeah. is expecting when you see how it can line up because no one's really expecting them to not top their group. Yeah, I mean, you look at their group, they've got Cameroon, Serbia and Switzerland. That's which, just... which, yeah, like for me, it's Serbia and Switzerland have their level. Cameroon mm. go below that, unfortunately. And then Brazil yeah. are just at a completely different one and higher than all of them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one player, obviously, from Cameroon that they'll have to be wary of is uh, Eric Chupamoting, who's been on uh, really good form at Bayern Munich <laughs> this season. Manchester United's next striker. <laughs> no, don't be silly. It's still not going to happen. Um, but overall, you may have like two or three players from uh, Serbia and Switzerland that you have to pay attention to. So it's one of them where you'd say by the time the third match day comes, Brazil should be qualified for the knockout stages already. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's not actually the last we'll be talking about the likes of Serbia and Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Another one I want to sound out really on Brazil is the inclusion of Vinicius Junior. This is his first World Cup, mm-hmm. which is pretty extraordinary. But then again, was he known back in 2018? I feel like that was too early for him. Yeah, well, so four years ago, he would have been 18, 17, 18. I don't know yeah, when his birthday yeah. is, roughly. So I think it's just a tad too soon. But you think if this says potentially Neymar, even maybe Richarlison's last World Cup at an extreme push? Most yeah. likely, I would say Neymar's last one because he is uh, 30. Does he play in the well, you not, say that, but Danny North America Alves, one? Danny Alves is 38, so maybe it's not Neymar. Yeah, but is that more down to Danny Alves than it is down to Brazil? I think it's down to a bit of a lack of depth in fullback areas. Mm. Where I feel like with Neymar, say if Brazil do win this, I feel like he could retire from the international scene as a World Cup winner. And then you still have that confidence of you've got Rafinha, Vinicius, Anthony, Rodrigo, and Martinelli, who are all uh, younger than Neymar, so it's not yeah. something like that. Worry I've, about. I've just had the thought about we're talking about Vinicius Junior not being mentioned much in 2018. That you could probably say the same move as Endrick right now, who is yeah. getting a lot of plaudits. Maybe he's the next one. Yeah, I mean, 15. I don't even think he's 16. I think he may have just turned 16 this past uh, summer. But yeah, he looks like the really highly talented, uh, talented one coming out of Palmeiras at the minute. There's been rumours that Real Madrid, PSG and Chelsea have been the three teams that I've seen linked with uh, Endrick. But definitely one for the future. Um, but yeah, I think TJ's side really have got to be looking at one of the strong favourites, if not the strongest South American side in this competition. Okay, shall we move on? To the second team, I also have Argentina as the very heavy favourites. Yeah, I have to agree here. I mean, they're on a crazy uh, unbeaten run under uh, Lionel Scaloni at the minute. They just look formidable. Mm. Like, so, so good. Copa America winners as well. Mm -hmm. Which is why people maybe just have them ahead of Brazil, considering they beat them to win them. Yeah, I mean, forward line... Lautaro Martinez, Paulo Dybala, Joaquin Correa, Lionel Messi, oh. Julian Alvarez. Oh, 
that is frightening for any defense to come up against. It is frightening, but I feel like that forward line gets underrated a little bit more when you compare it to Brazil's. I think it's a tad bit more because Dybala's had hit and miss times. We don't really know much about Julian Alvarez. Yes, he was exceptional last season at River Plate, and he's had hit and miss games so far at we're, Manchester City. We're forgetting City. that this is an Argentina, Argentina who once a decade ago had Messi in prime. Could you actually? Because that's Messi's always been in prime. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I was allowing you to run. Prime Aguero, you could say. Mm. Uh, Pete like, Carlos Tevez was in there I feel well. like prime, it's because a lot of them were prime quite Hawaii. similar with how they played. Yeah, they like were the, central strikers pretty much, except for Messi. Yeah, where now it feels like they've got more rounded players in mm. the wider positions. Uh, and so that's why I feel more confident looking at this Argentina team than they have done in World Cups past. And that past those past Argentina teams also had a probably weaker defence as well, you could yeah. argue. I mean, this defence... They've gone from Martin Di Michaelis to having a, a very straightforward centre-back partnership. Mm. Like, it's very, very scary times. Again, a group I think they should be topping, Group C with Mexico, Poland and Saudi Arabia. Um, Poland going to be a tough test because we all know what Lewandowski is capable of doing. Mexico, they're a bit of an unknown uh, with Gerardo Martino as their manager, leaving some big players out, uh, the likes of Carlos Vela being one of them and a few other big names that uh, Mexican fans will know of. It's one of them where I feel like, for them, I feel like this World Cup is kind of a free safety card because they know they've got the next one, which they are co-hosting with the US and Canada, which I think they would want to perform better at than this one. Yeah, there is a bit of an unknown commodity to Mexico, but everyone really looks at them and goes, well, you're always in the last 16 anyway. You never get past it, but you always seem to find a way there. Yeah, uh, but back on Argentina, I think they should be definitely winning that group uh, with ease. Uh, and then obviously we don't get to see them until Tuesday. No, and we talked about respect for Brazil goalkeepers. Can we put some respect on the Argentina goalkeeper, please? Is that just because it's um, a certain Emiliano Martinez? No, it isn't, but maybe yes. <laughs> or Geronimo Rulli. Everyone, no, it's, you know it's Emilio Martinez that is yes. the, the number one. Like I said, an Aston Villa player is going to win the World Cup. Yeah, for me... Unfortunately, Tite uh, left the other one at home. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Look at them midfield, he could have gotten that. <laughs> As their boot cleaner, maybe. No, Fred's already on that role. <laughs> but yeah, um, I strongly agree with the two picks you've had so far, Argentina and Brazil being uh, amongst the favourites, if not the favourites to win it. But the other one is the holders, which I feel like we cannot avoid because they're still very good and have an amazing squad depth, and that's France. See, this is where I'm disagreeing you just because of past World Cups. Here we go, then. I mean, we all know the fact of the matter is like that. Was it the last three or was the last four winners of the World Cup haven't uh, got out of the group stages? Are you trying to spit facts to me? Isn't it every World Cup since 2002, the World Cup winners 
So France winning it in 98 onwards, the the next World Cup, they haven't got out of the group stages. You're, you're telling me about the thing I know most about France than anything else. That's the French World Cup curse. Yeah. I mean, we all know, remember back in 2010, which was our prime years. Of Technically, they didn't matches. win that one. But... No, but... We know okay, you can literally use 98 as the example. The one and then 2002, they struggled. Mm-hmm. 2010, they had all their problems off the field stuff. Mm. This year, they've been hampered with some injuries. Even most recently, Christopher and Kunku uh, getting injured just a few days that, before the World Cup. That was a shame. Like he didn't. Mm. That. Yeah. So he's already signed did... Chelsea. So what's the point? You don't need to out yourself to put other teams. Mm. For me. The midfield doesn't feel strong. It's got potential. You you look at the likes of uh, Chouameni and Kamavinga. But then I look at the other players in that midfield. Matteo Guendouzi, Yusuf Fafana, Adrian Rabiot and Jordan Vertu. I'm supposed to live in a world where Guendouzi and Vertu got called up, but Bubakar Kamara got left at home. It, it, it just... He right, like... he's literally looked at, did he not realise Veritu has played for Villa in the past? That's why you shouldn't have be calling him up. Mm. For me, you just... <sighs> yeah, I don't rate that midfield for France. Yeah, like, you're telling me those two got in just because Pogba and Kante are injured. Yeah, which is baffling. Like, I genuinely think out of the teams so far, these have the biggest weak spot. Yeah, that's the only reason I don't rate them up there with Brazil and Argentina. I just don't think the quality is there as much as those two. No, I 100% agree with you. If and France that's why do I don't well, have them for eight. If France are to do well in this tournament, they are going to be carried heavily by Mbappe and Benzema. Yeah. And it could still happen. Oh, yeah, I'm not disproving it or saying that it definitely can't happen, but that's a lot, a lot of pressure on them two players. Yeah, but I feel like Mbappe is ready for this. Yeah, I mean, 22, 23 now. Mm. He's got at least in two World Cups in him. Yeah, and he's looking very frightening uh, in form for PSG just before we headed into this World Cup. It's going to be a very interesting time to see what he can do at this World Cup and maybe put to silence a bit of his critics who have been moaning about his attitude this season. And obviously there was the rumours that he apparently wanted to leave. Then there was stuff that came out that saying he never asked to leave. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what type of show Mbappe can put on. But then this is where my conspiracy theory comes into play. Because what if he was somehow to cause this year's French controversy? (laughs) Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, it's just, I can feel something coming towards it. And that's why I just like, I don't see them being that uh, team this year at the World Cup. Hmm. Very interesting. It's an interesting one with France, really. Yeah. If it goes very well or it goes awfully. Yeah, 100%. Um, a team I want to talk about as uh, potential favourites, Germany. Oh, you're putting them in it, really. See, I'm very I 50-50 on it. I think Germany have got such a good squad under Hansi Flick. 
like, I think maybe, maybe. like, if it comes together, then yes, I can see it. But until I see that firsthand, I won't know. I look at them, how I, I guess, looked at Italy back at the Euros. Like, he's telling me a lot and there's a good potential in them. But I want to see it firsthand now. Yeah, and what happened with Italy at the Euros? They went on to win it. Uh, they won it because Gareth Southgate decided to play negative football in the final. Nah, Italy were always the better team. And I pretty much said it from after the second match day. I was like, I think Italy could go all the way. And they did. So I'm calling it early. I think Germany have the potential to go all the way. I don't know whether they can possibly meet Argentina or France uh, in the knockout stages beforehand but if they can't then it's going to depend where they finish yeah because as you know they're in a group of a certain other team who i also had as just outside favorites and that is spain i I don't know how i see this spanish team yeah i'm the same but we said the same thing at the euros and look what happened they probably should have made the final yeah but I don't know, there's just... You know, some... group stage Spain gets battered in, in this group, by the way. Mm-hmm. Germany will have them. But if you get knockout stage Spain, then they're a threatening team. Yeah, I mean, where do the goals come from Spain's attack? Because their attack is Alvaro Morata, Marco Asensio, Ferran Torres, Nico Williams and Sue Fatty. Who are you asking to carry you into the knockout stages there out of that? If I'm Luis Enrique, I look at the likes of Morata and probably Ferran Torres. But is it out of the question for them to look at someone like Nico Williams, who is a bit untested in major games, but is one who is very highly rated? Oh, yeah, I mean... Maybe this is Ansu Fati's tournament, for all we know. It could be, but I think it's maybe a tad too early for him. In that sense, I mean, he's not having a bad season so far with Barca, three goals and three assists in La Liga. But I think maybe the next Euros would be the one where we see the likes of Nico Williams and Anthony Fatty shine more for Spain. Yeah, and Pedro and Gavi will be even more experienced as well. They're just they're mm. going to get better. Yeah, and that's why I just I don't have them for this tournament. I think Euro twenty twenty four and. World Cup 2026, that's when I'm looking again at Spain being amongst the favourites for major tournaments. This one I just don't see. I don't know, I've still got them doing well. It's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, obviously Japan and Costa Rica are the other two teams in that group, but it's just the fact of when Germany play Spain, which is the second match day, so the 27th of November, so 10 days away from now, is when we see that, and I think that's when we can really put to case, are Spain serious for this tournament, or are they just the pretenders? Yeah, and I'm glad they're playing in the second one as well, because the expectation, you would think, is they both win the first one, and then this mm-hmm. second one becomes must-win for both if they want to top the group. Yeah, pr- practically the group decider, you would say. Yeah, but I'm not ruling out Japan, in all honesty. No. I think it we know Costa Rica are really capable of. Yeah, it's that's one of the groups where you think I need to know actually, Paolo one, is Paolo One Chop still in that squad? Because I feel like he's always there. What in the Costa Rica squad? <laughs> uh let me just have a quick look. 
No. Oh, they're the fail. Joel Campbell, is he still? <laughs> yeah, he's in there, and so is Brian Ruiz. I thought he'd retired, Joel Campbell. No, still playing. Well, if we're going in on these lines, should we stick around the dark horses category now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, first team I want to mention, Louis van Gaal's army, the Netherlands. No, Me, shut up. They, no. They are the dark horses. They're I, not the dark horses, they're not. They are. No one's rating these at all, and I don't understand why. Um, I could maybe say why it's the lack of quality compared to other teams. I mean, if you look at the season... Memphis uh, Depay, your forward? Cody Gakpo? He's going to light it up this tournament. Xavi Simmons having a great tournament. I think we'll see uh, Frankie Dion come into a more rounded play in, in this tournament. And you look in the defence, you've got Julian Timber, Matthias Ligt, Virgil van Dijk, Nathan Aki, Stefan de Vrij, Tyrell Malassia, Daly Blind, Denzel Dumfries and Jeremy Frimpong. That is a solid, solid defence. It is solid, but it's also inexperienced. Like if we call it Spain that, I think Netherlands are just as much in that category. But then surely they have to be also in the potential favourites if you've just had Spain. Not when Memphis Depay is their strike. <laughs> Netherlands Memphis Depay is different to Barcelona Memphis Depay. It's just facts. But we'll find out that, really. But when you're talking dark horses, I bring up the likes of Denmark. Yeah, again, I'm not too despondent of Denmark being in there. Uh, I would say they're the second favourite in their group, so obviously it's themselves, Australia, France and Tunisia. Um, it's still a strong squad. We obviously saw what they were able to do at the Euros. Was it quarterfinals? The semis? Being by England? Yes, they were. Jesus Christ, it feels like but it a long time ago. But it took extra time to beat them in that. Like they, were, they were a team that was inspired by the Ericsson story. And obviously Ericsson in this squad uh, is going to be very... Interesting to see there. I mean, they were unbeaten in. Was it? It was the. It was the World Cup qualifying, wasn't? Mhm. Like they were a really decent team that is working with a lack of quality compared to the other teams, but they're a close knit yeah. squad. Yeah, and they definitely have one or two players that I think will definitely uh, surprise players. I mean, obviously everyone knows what Casper Dolberg is like. But I think a young striker I'm looking forward to see is Andreas Olsen of Club Bruges. You're having a fantastic season in uh, the Jupiler League. He's already got uh, six goals and three assists this season. I'm very interested to see how he does. And then the midfield, you've got Pierre Hoiberg, Mikael Damsgaard, Thomas Delaney, and obviously Christian Eriksen going as well. I feel like Damsgaard as well was one who shined at the Euros, but since signing for Brentford has been a bit quiet. Yeah, it, it was good to see him come over here, but I just don't feel like Brentford was the right team. I can't recall if he's even like, regularly playing for him. Just seems, I don't know if he's suited yet to England, or <laughs> there, there always been injury troubles. I don't know what I'm missing there, really. Uh, he's played 11 times in all competitions for him so far. Mm. Does make you wonder a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I think... Denmark definitely have a potential to be the late knockout stage, so quarters, semis, potentially knocking on the door there uh, if they're capable of going that way. 
Um, any other teams you've got as a potential? Oh, here we go. I'm not too sure how they're going to do. Uh, realistically, no. If I'm being honest, mm. I don't think there's another team that goes, "Oh, you could do a Croatia." Like, like it's no, no. I don't want to say England. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I've got players think to have like really good tournaments in that sense. Like, could have like a bit of a breakout tournament. I think. Uh, oh, if we look at, the... I just realised we didn't even talk about Belgium either. I just don't see him doing that well. That's why. Mm, but more with Belgium, I guess. Like. Yeah, but if we two players and they both play at the same uh, national team uh, in Uruguay, Ferry Valverde of Real Madrid. Everyone knows what an exceptional season he's having so far. Uh, under Carlo Ancelotti and co. And I think he's just going to carry that excellent form into the World Cup. And then you look at uh, Darwin Nunez as well. A lot of people slated him at the start of the season. Uh, and there was obviously the him and Haaland comparison. But in recent weeks, Nunez is silencing those critics, including myself. He's winning and... the war. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking absolutely fantastic now. And I think it's still going to take him a bit of time to get adjusted to uh, Liverpool, but I think in this Uruguay team, I think we could see him pop in with a few goals. Yeah, I feel the same way a little bit about Uruguay, the more I think about it. And also, they're in a group that I think is pretty well suited to them. I need to watch Uruguay first and first before I feel confident. About, yeah, I think about, Group yeah. H really is an interesting group. I think it's anyone's that could win it because you've got Ghana, Portugal, South Korea, and Uruguay. Yeah, and I don't see. A Although just thinking about it now, I we're, we're bigging up Uruguay, but I have to be Team Ghana in this. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to be. They are owed revenge for 2010. I mean, the shithousery was fucking yeah, off the justice scale. Justice needs then. to be done. If they if they're not kicking shit out of Luis Suarez, then what is this? Imagine, though, if he does something like that again, though, uh, no, to get them through. No, he can't do it. Yes. Ghana are going to go full is... Cameroon against Argentina and Italian eyes on him. Mm. <laughs> and it's the final match day as well. Oh, it's going to be pointless then. Potentially. But well, imagine, <laughs> imagine, though, like Ghana need a point to go through and they're 1 0 down. 90th minute, Suarez oh, blocks it off the line me. again. Oh. She tells three levels I'm excited for. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> right. Um, let's have a bit more into our own uh, other stuff in terms of who we think is going to be top goal scorer for this. Top goal scorer? Yeah. Didn't expect yeah. to come in for that one. I, mean, that, that I had that as part of the predictions. So I know my option. I'm not going to lead with that. I'm going to see for you saying it as well first. Uh, I feel like just because it's England, I put Harry Kane in there. Why not? Because if England are to do well, he's the one who's going to score all the goals. Yeah. In that sense, I can see your point, but I don't have England doing well at all in this tournament. And I don't see him scoring that many goals uh, in that sense. Um, I think there is the potential of like one or two players that could possibly surprise us. I think... Uh, I think Lewandowski against the likes of Mexico and Saudi Arabia, I think he'll have goals galore. Even if Poland don't go that far, I think he could probably score easily a hat-trick against Saudi Arabia. No disrespect to Saudi Arabia, but... 
I have to say this. I have to say this against your point because we saw him in an easier group at the Euros, did we not? That he didn't really do much. Yeah, it was. But again, but he didn't was... have my cash swinging and crosses into. Fuck's <laughs> sake! You are loving the fact that there's a little player. Got to be strong, the there's four. I got to back the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think Lewandowski could have a good tournament. Um, another one who I think will get amongst goals, but I don't know quite top goal scorer. I think Cody Gakpo of the Netherlands. You're all in on Gakpo. <laughs> so he's in. having he's having a fantastic tournament um, season so far. Like, yeah, it's hard to look past him. He's got to now replicate that either through him his own just carrying the Netherlands, or he needs mm-hmm. others around him to come alongside him. I mean, nine goals and 12 assists so far in the era of the VSA. That's You can't be looking past that. No, I get, I, no, you can't. But I look at the quality he comes up against as well. Mm. Plus, again, I still think that Netherlands group is easy enough that they should be winning it quite comfortably and scoring quite a bit of goals. Yeah, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um... I'll throw <sighs> another name into the mix because... Thinking about it, if Argentina had to progress, who's going to score the goals? And that has to be Lotaro Martinez. That's going to, for me, it was a toss up between him and Julian Alvarez as the goal scorers for Argentina. I think Martinez is definitely the main one who's played. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'd go with Martinez just slightly, but. For me, I was thinking out of them two, who would it be that you think of? And you are right. I do think Lautaro and Martinez would be the predominant scorer. Mm. The, more, the more names we said, the more they feel like outside bets because we haven't even talked about Mbappe, Neymar, <laughs> Benzema himself. Yeah. Any uh, Lukaku could do. I don't know about Lukaku, if I'm honest. I think it's an interesting one with Belgium. I mean, for me, I feel like this is the end of their like so-called golden okay, this, period. If you don't reach the semis of this tournament, you're finished. You're done. You're the one. This is the best teams who have never ever won anything. Yeah, it feels pretty similar to like England under Sven. It's such a good team. You're thinking, how have they not got to a final and even contested for a trophy? But that like, didn't even get past the quarterfinals. Well, yeah. So I think it, Belgium are teetering on uh, the lines there of uh, this is a break World Cup for them in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. Uh, got my own thoughts with Belgium, but they're better for later. Okay. Uh, where do you want to go to next then? In the World I would Cup like chat? to talk surprise packages. Um, for me, one of them teams you have to. Look, or you can't look past is Senegal, uh, a team in Group A with Ecuador, Qatar, and the Netherlands, reigning champions of Afcon. I mean, I know Mane's set to miss this first game, I believe. Yeah, no, he's out. They said he was out yeah. the first game, which I guess is a good thing because you could write off the Netherlands one almost if they're not mm. expected to win it. Yeah, but um, I think as current African ch- uh, champions. A lot of people really aren't talking about them in that sense. And I think because a lot of how big the European nations are and South American nations look, uh, I really do think 
Senegal are going to be one of them teams you see maybe quarters and go, hang on, how are they there to the yeah. unwritten eye? But the way it watched... works out for them is the running. So I think first or second, they play whoever is in group B. Each, you, yeah. know, you look at it and go, you could, if, you, if you're on it, you'll give them a game. Yeah, I think, say, well, they've finished runners-up. They face the winner of Group A, which potentially could be England. And mm. doesn't surprise. I think if they one. face any of, if they finish uh, runners-up in Group A and England don't win Group A, I think you can say Senegal would get to the quarters. Again, vice well, versa, if Senegal yeah. finish runners-up and England... This is where I don't know, because I would like to put the USA and Wales both in the surprise package category. I don't agree with Wales at all. I can see why you wouldn't. I know well, Robert Page has done a fantastic job. We said job the same there. thing of the Euros and look what happened. Mm, I mean, Robert Page has done a fantastic job since he took over permanently, but... I don't know where their goals come from. Yes, Gareth Bale turns up in tournaments and scores major goals when he needs to. But I just look at the rest of that team and I'm like, hmm, there's just not enough quality to say. Potentially, they may get out of the group, but then I'm looking, I don't see a deeper run coming in this tournament for Wales. Yeah, they have to make sure really that, I guess, the USA aren't as good as maybe some people would like to think. They are, mm. given their squad as well. Yeah, I think they are definitely um, a surprise package potential. Uh, I think it's a really good squad that they have a mixture of it's a, youth. It's a very talented squad compared mm, to mean, past USA teams. Yeah, I mean, just to name a few, you got Josh uh, Sargent from Norwich, Tim Weir. I don't see the first uh, one you've named. Just be <laughs> the from, first one. I've just gone, gone from the strikers from. upwards. You look at Weston McKinney, Gio Reyna, Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson, Killian Acosta. It didn't even say real... Pulisic or Reyna. I said Reyna. I didn't say Pulisic because Pulisic's in. Pulisic's the LeBron James of soccer. <laughs> Did you miss him? I knew that was coming, but I just. Is that why you're not, you avoided it? Yes, because I knew you was going to do that stupid quote. Everyone does it. Is it low hanging fruit? Yes. Yes. Is it annoying? Yes. I'm not a king of low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I do think uh, Greg Baralta's side have the potential um, to go and be like surprise a few nations. But also at the same time, is it again, they've got quite a lot of young players and would they rather focus on 2026? Again, home soil for them. And is that their chance to fully shine and go, like, this is actually America? side that uh, we are capable of doing stuff. Maybe, but they can't guarantee the fact that they get a better group than what they have right now. I think this is actually the best chance they have at this moment in time, given the group oh, they're in. Yeah, and obviously we can't predict the future as to what groups they're going to be in come 2026. Mm. And should, oh, see, I'm staying around the North America region, but I'm not as fully convinced about Canada as I want to be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone knows their main player in uh, Alfonso Davis, but then... Junior Hoylet. <laughs> uh, Jonathan David, again, another big player in this uh, team. Everyone knows what he's capable of doing at Lille at the minute. Nine goals, three assists so far this season. Definitely someone to keep an eye out on. But there's 
I I don't know too much about this Canada squad to go, you know what, they can surprise me. And I think it could surprise me in not knowing enough about them. But at the same time, I look at their group. They've got Belgium, Croatia and Morocco. And I think they're probably the weakest team in that group. Potentially, like defensively, Canada make me go, oh, no, oh, you're, you're asking to get battered. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's not enough established players that y- you can roll call off like uh, the other teams and you think, okay, this is where I can see Canada causing an upset and potentially quarter-finalists. Mm. The reason I do put them as surprise packages is because they did top the North American qualifying. They did. How did that happen? <laughs> I, th- I think that's just because the US were quite poor at the time. The yeah, US came third and Mexico were second. That's Again, why maybe I would look at the USA below Wales because who knows what the USA are going to be like even with that talented team. Yeah, but you can never take pass form. We shouldn't take pass form into it because anything can happen in tournament football and that is the joy of it. Mm. Yes, and the other ones I wanted to mention. I don't want to underlook Serbia. Yeah, uh, potential. Obviously, we know what Metro can do up front. It's it's an interesting group because they can definitely finish second. I think we we said earlier on Brazil are nailed on favourites, but then between Cameroon themselves and Switzerland, it's going to be. Very, very interesting to see who uh, goes through. Again, a midfield I really like. You look at Filip Kostic, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, Nemanja Radonovic, Nemanja Maksimovic. That's a really good midfield. And then forward I don't know how you do with all the images, to be honest. Mm. I'm good at scratching. (laughs) I hate myself for saying that. Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> and then you look at the attacking line, Dusan Vlahovic, Luka Jovic, Dusan Taric and Alexandro Mitrovic. That can cause a lot of problems. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, now you've reeled it all off and going, yeah, now now I see them. as <laughs> that. Yeah. That that's it. they can cause problems. Yeah, and they just seem like a team that will dig in as well. Mm. And also it could be because since going there. Dusan Vlahovic doesn't really seem too settled at Juventus. I think Vlahovic has looked really settled there. And I feel like a move, if he has a good World Cup, I think a January move or potentially a summer move next year could be on the cards based on this World Cup for Vlahovic. No, I get it. <laughs> I, I got interrupted then. <laughs> That's not funny. I could tell. Oh, I don't even know where to go now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, let's have a I look. Like, I feel like we've not mentioned the Asian things in this. Yeah, I feel like we have been quite disrespectful to them. Obviously, because mainly when it comes to time zone and watching their games, they are in the middle of the night for us. But you got to look. Uh, the Asian teams we've got in the tournament, you got Japan, uh, South Korea being the two. Obviously, everyone knows what uh, Hyungmin Son is capable of doing in that team. You've also got uh, Kim Min Jae, of Napoli in that midfield who's a really good player uh, and is very want- very interesting to see and then obviously Wolves fans know about uh, Huang up front as well potential okay. there yeah and again Group H I think that's the really open group I know I've said it a few times now and I'm getting very repetitive but Ghana, Portugal themselves and Uruguay 
it's one where you can say South Korea can finish in all four positions. Yeah, I know where I've got them, personally. <laughs> but uh, did you say about Japan? I missed that bit. Um, I haven't had a speak on Japan. Again, not they, really they much. They Asian qualifying, didn't they? Yes. Uh, they're not one of the first teams they got for it, so they've got something about them. Yeah, finished second in uh, the Asia World Cup qualifying, 22 points from their 10 games. It's not bad. There's a chance, but obviously the group there makes it a bit more difficult for them. They have, yeah. they have to be, cause a shock. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see in that sense. Yeah, I feel like that as far as we've gone. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is a good delve into what we think could happen. I looked for everyone on our rails. We don't. We didn't really mention Croatia, which feels harsh given the literal team that got beaten by France at the last World Cup. Maybe because I'm just not expecting much of them personally. I don't know. They sort they always feel like they could do something. But at the same time, they feel like they could. They're either gonna do what they did in the World Cup and I think shock everyone, or just Massively underwhelm everyone. Mm, I, don't, I, I don't know. I've got them as last 16, really. And then I look at whoever they face and go from there. Mm, it's definitely an interesting looking uh, team and how they play out in their group. Yeah. Well, should we get to the potentially footy part? Now, because it's predictions time. <sighs> okay, let's go. So the way this is going to work, going to disappoint a few listeners because we've technically done all our predictions, but in this podcast, we're only going to reveal our three outrageous predictions that we have for this tournament. We're going to wait until our final review podcast to reveal the rest of them. Yep. See how this works out. <laughs> okay. Uh do we do one each, or do you want to rattle your three off and then I'll See, do I look my at mine. I'll go. Maybe we could go similar. Just, just here okay. with you now in the in this whole podcast, we could be the same. Oh, really? Did we ever talk about Portugal? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I think we know why we haven't spoken of Portugal because of a certain somebody. <laughs> oh, is it going to piss you off too much? Yes. But mm. you want me to raise your spirits? So I can go with my first outrageous one. Mm -hmm. Portugal aren't making it out of the group. Okay. Uh, It's a prediction I could understand. And I know it's understandable. Possible. I think they've run their course. Yeah. And they're going to start Ronaldo if he makes it, you know, little tubby, 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 equal. At the moment, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I just wonder if they play to Ronaldo, then I don't know if it works or not. Mm. It might do, and I'll be, look like a bit of an idiot, but okay. Jerry, my group H order is Uruguay topping, Ghana a second, Portugal a third, Korea a fourth. Oh, interesting, very interesting. Uh, my first outrageous prediction is England don't get out of their groups. Oh, that's not outrageous. <laughs> mm. 
for me. <laughs> no, it technically is, I guess. But nah. I, I don't want third. to believe that. I don't want to believe it. I think they lose to the USA, they lose to Wales, and they draw to Iran. Okay. So they're starting to draw against Iran. Then the mm. USA defeat becomes embarrassingly. Yeah. And then I just... Wales happens. And that's what happens in your mod. Mm-hmm. But they at least draw against Wales. Because I feel like if they lose no. to Wales as well, they ain't top it, they ain't finishing third. No, because if Iran also lose to Wales and. Uh, but you're the USA. talking goal difference to go like massively in England's favour at that point, but not that matters. Like, yeah. just, you don't think England would get out of the group. No. We know you had Gareth Southgate, so that's. Like, it might be an outrageous prediction to everyone else, but that's a normal one for you. Yes, definitely so. Yeah, well, I'll go to my second one. Mm-hmm. Maybe not outrageous, but it's an interesting one, because I think that an African team will reach the quarterfinals. Yeah. I'm not too adverse against that. I do think... Uh, an African team can make it to the quarters, whether it be Senegal, Morocco, or Cameroon. But I think realistically, you got to look at Ghana. Group how Group H is set up. It's just one of them where I think Ghana could go quite far. That one does on depend on the Ghana's. Yeah, they second their face in Brazil, so you can roll that out. <laughs> if Brazil will top their group, which they should do. Yes, they should do. Your second. France don't get past the quarterfinals. Oh, don't get past the quarterfinals, eh? <laughs> no. Quarterfinals is quarterfinals. maximum for France. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I feel like I have to go straight into my third one then after that, because I do you want better. France aren't getting past the last 16. <sighs> so we've both got France going out then. <laughs> yeah, like, I looked at it and I thought, France aren't topping Group D. Mm-hmm. So they're going to call up against Argentina. And then who's winning that one? Yeah. And my third and final outrageous one, whether you can call it that, Spain finished bottom of the group. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm walking away. Spain finished bottom of Group E. Bottom I think of Japan. Group E. Yep. I think Japan and Costa Rica will cause upsets to them. And for me, I just see that happening. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> see, if it was yeah. Germany, I probably wouldn't have laughed as much, but Spain. Yeah. Just because Maybe they didn't just... take David De Gea, is this, is this it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is what I'm thinking for. I'm just thinking back to the 2014 World Cup when they were horrendous. I know we've had a World Cup and Euros post that. Or a couple of euros post that, but wow. I don't know. This... Mm-hmm. Well, we asked for crazy predictions and we definitely got them. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something else then, but no, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> it's not, mm-hmm. not at this It wouldn't happen at this one, definitely, because we know what happens. Well, I think that is a big enough bombshell to end. <laughs> I'll say it off record. <laughs> yes, uh, that is a big enough bombshell to end. This is what could preview Don't say on. that, it's Qatar. Fuck's sake, I'm just using it as a 
not to the old Top Gear when they used to say at the end. Anyway, um, we'll be covering uh, the World Cup. We won't have podcasts daily because that is a lot of work. So we'll have podcasts every few days or so. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter so you know when they will be coming out. And I've done these it's gonna be... I think the best time we will probably be doing it is the... Yeah, see, it's awkward because when the 10 o'clock games start, it's awkward to be recording podcasts during then. Yeah. I want to watch the football. <laughs> mm. we, I mean, there's a little gap in between. I think I saw there's a, there is like one of them that isn't the 10 o'clock, so that's probably when we'll record the next one. Yes. I've still not got the wall chart up, so I can't tell you. <laughs> uh, not on this. Well, it's just the first one. I want to say it was like a Wednesday. Like, yeah, but I'm not doing it after that. I'm not reviewing Qatar Ecuador alone. <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. I mean, I love the World Cup, but I don't think we could get a podcast out just on one game. They'd have to be like mad funny moments. Yeah. Or somehow the World Cup just gets cancelled after that one game. <laughs> just, I and... just things happen in the stadium in that one game. That's it, done. Cancelled. Yes. Goodbye. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be coming out with podcasts throughout the tournament talking all the big talking points and everything and we'll obviously be covering it on our twitter page at Pod, where we'll be bringing updates and stories coming out of qatar but until then make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and if you're listening to us on youtube that you are subscribed to the channel as well and that you're following us on twitter at Pod for anything that comes out of the world during that time but until our next one, it's goodbye from do me. Do the end intro. You wanted to do it. <laughs> it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. You can't goodbye. Yeah, we'll see you. <laughs>